This is V Week at ESPN Radio. I never imagined that I'd be able to be standing here 20 years after Jimmy V's speech. I hear Jimmy's words in my head. The most poignant seven words ever uttered in any speech anywhere. Don't give up. Don't ever give up. So I will never give up. To be honored with this, I now have a responsibility to also not ever give up. And that speech, don't give up, don't ever give up, has created what we're here today. Because of all the donations, research, and support, mine is one of the lives that's been saved. This is V-Week at ESPN Radio. Join the fight. Go to v.org backslash donate. 100% of your donation goes to cancer research. We are on Sportsmanlike on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. All of our ESPN Radio shows today on Giving Tuesday will be seen on ESPN2, and we are going to take you until noon Eastern time. We will be in for Greeny today and continuing the conversation around Giving Tuesday. Of course, it's a day when people across the country give back and donate to the V Foundation, or as CC has mentioned, any of the foundations that are near and dear to your heart to help people fight that battle with cancer And, of course, we do it every year. We do it around the start of the college basketball season to honor our teammate, Jim Valvano, by supporting the V Foundation for Cancer Research, the foundation that, of course, he announced and he came up with with ESPN during that SB speech years ago. And anyone who has spent time around ESPN Radio over the years knows how passionate we are for doing this, led by Megan Judge, who does all of our efforts here with this and coordinates this every single year. And for the three of us, obviously, v.org slash donate. As fans of ESPN Radio, for such a long time, prior to even being here, we know how big this day is. We know how important this day is. I mean, I remember back in the day watching Greeny and Golick do this together and raise money Mm -hmm. and be so charitable, both of them, on Mike and Mike, and listening to them on ESPN Radio when I was living in West Palm on ESPN 106.3, that this was such a big deal. And now it's an honor to be a part of it, but it's more so an honor to make people aware of some of the important people out there that are raising money like the V Foundation and some of the important stories that if you missed any of uh, Camilo Vajegas on with us, a professional golfer, just a heartwarming story about his late daughter who died at 22 months old at Unsports ESPN. You'll see that part of that clip and of course on the podcast on the ESPN app. But CC, as you have mentioned, it touches everybody. I mean, one in three women, one in two men in the United States will be diagnosed with cancer in their lifetime. That, yeah, that, that's it's, stunning. Yeah, it's closer than anybody wants it to be, right? It, it affects everyone, whether you're having a fight it, whether somebody in your community is fighting it. And so that's why it's an honor and a privilege to be here today and to be a part of this company as we try to have this initiative to raise awareness and to raise money for the V Foundation and other organizations that are doing this really, really important work to improve treatment options, improve diagnoses, and to ultimately find a cure. And I think today is especially important to highlight the Stuart Scott Memorial Cancer Research Fund, which raises money to to help to bridge the gap when it comes to the disparities and inequities when it comes to race and cancer treatment, cancer diagnosis. Uh, And so I think it's important to honor Jimmy V's legacy, but also Stuart Scott's legacy by being able to raise money and raise awareness for this terrible, terrible disease that, like I said before, is closer than anybody wants it to be. Absolutely. I'm sure all of us and everyone watching or listening to us know somebody who has dealt with cancer or is dealing with it right now. 
it is so pervasive. It's just unfortunately something that connects so many of us. And when it does happen to you or to someone that you love or someone you know, you want to help. But by donating to the V Foundation, donating to other organizations like me as miracles out there, you're actually helping. You're helping in the moment. You're helping someone in the future. And that's what's so special about what we get to do today. Bring awareness to that and hopefully raise some money. V.org slash donate for more information. And of course, we're going to continue these conversations all show long, including our conversation with Demario Davis of the Saints. He's going to join us. This is near and dear to his heart. Um, both of Stuart Scott's daughters are going to join us later in the show, as well as Coach K, Mike Krzyzewski, of course, from Duke, who coached against um, Jim Valvano and obviously um, knew him very well. And that's one of the most interesting things about this is the V Foundation, to the credit of all of those people in charge of the V Foundation, is so unbelievably strong that we know it almost as that brand name now to raise money for cancer research. And I don't know that enough people actually, the younger generation, Truly understand no, Coach who, who the, the V is, right? He's yeah. a heck of a coach. Yeah. I mean, that's, <laughs> that's the thing, right? Is that you have Shane Jacobson, the CEO of the V Foundation, and others who are doing great things that it's like, what does V stand for? Valvano, Jim Valvano. Who was he, right? And there's a story around that that I think Coach K can help us tell um, as the show progresses. And we will continue to have that on the screen, v.org slash donate. And we'll continue to mention it all throughout the rest of the day here on ESPN Radio, ESPN2 as well. That stuff is important. The stuff we talk about day to day, really not in the grand scheme of things. But we have fun with it and we smile about it. And that is... Well, I guess people in Minnesota probably aren't smiling today after a 12-10 loss. They're always smiling in Minnesota, though. They're Minnesota, are they? They're Minnesota nice, yeah. right? Yeah, exactly. So are they? It's, it's too cold not to be pleasant. But Minnesota. are they 12-10? You lose to the Bears at home. Josh Dobbs throws four interceptions. Are they smiling, CeCe? Yeah, I don't even know if Midwest nice and Midwest pleasantness can overcome that, CeCe. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, you did have four turnovers. And you still should have won the game if you're really thinking about it. They still should have found a way to win the game, which I don't know if it's an indictment on the Chicago Bears or an indictment on Justin Fields in particular. It's bad. When you have four takeaways and that only results to three points for your team and it takes a game-winning field goal at the end of regulation in order to pull it off, I don't know. It just doesn't feel like it should be that close. But maybe that's just me. So the unfortunate part of this is that Josh Dobbs throws four picks Josh Dobbs is could have been six, right? Yeah. Arguably, <laughs> is that the best story in the NFL this year? Is the Josh Dobbs it's story one off? It's one off. Just yeah, it's it's a great just, story. Yeah. I, I don't mean in terms of like how well he's played. It's just the overall story of getting traded to the Cardinals like two minutes before the season starts. Actually, has them competitive in all these games. Plays well. Has a situation where he goes to the team store to get his own jersey for family and friends, and they don't have it there. Right. right? Mm-hmm. Then he gets traded to the Vikings. Two minutes before that game, their starting quarterback at the time gets hurt after Kirk Cousins already got hurt. He's thrown in there and wins the game. This story is amazing. Doesn't even know his teammates' names. Doesn't know his yeah. teammates' names. Doesn't know the plays. But there's a reason he's been on five teams in a year. Like You I, don't know my name. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. No, no, it's right. I, oh, I was I, ready. I was ready for the snap right there. <laughs> I mean, there's a reason he's a journeyman. Just saying, like, there's a reason. No, he's a journeyman, but he's two and two in his four starts for the Minnesota Vikings, and and this team still has a 62 percent chance of making the playoffs according to our FPI. So I wouldn't count Minnesota out, especially when you're looking at the four teams that are vying for those last two wild card spots in the NFC. You're talking about the Green Bay Packers, the LA Rams, and the Seattle Seahawks, along with the Vikings. The Vikings have a more favorable schedule 
than those other three teams. Mm. And so by virtue of the schedule, Minnesota's going to find their way to nine or ten wins and get into the postseason. Conversely, those other teams, and let's be clear, two of them are playing catch-up because they're five-win teams. I don't know that they're going to find a way to be able to win four of their final six in order to punch their ticket. So I don't know. There's, there's When you start doing the math, it's clear to me that Minnesota has the inside track to being able to snatch one of those two last wild cards. And I just have more confidence in what I've seen with them with job stops, even though last night they had a little bit of a clunker. Remember, it's a long NFL season, and Ev just outlined the journey that Josh Dobbs has been on this entire year. It's not outside of the realm of possibility to have that one outlier performance where it's just all bad. Remember, the Eagles are 10-1. and one. You remember the team they lost to? They lost to the New York Jets. Bad. So, I mean, it happens in an NFL season. Mahomes can't beat them, but Zach Wilson can. <laughs> it happens in an NFL season. So, I don't want to I don't want to read too much into that for Minnesota. It was a bad look. We also got to highlight the rest disparity going into that game. Remember, the Bears played on Thanksgiving Day. The, the Minnesota Vikings played on Sunday. So, I mean, you you spin it forward to this week. Like, the, the Bears had a couple of days extra rest and preparation going into Monday Night Football than the Vikings did. So, I mean, it just it felt like it had all the ingredients for an upset, and it actually happened. But I don't want to think – I don't want to look at last night's game as – you know, a prelude of what's to come for the Minnesota Vikings. I think it's more likely that they have a bounce back, um, you know, stretch of the regular season than it is that they play down to the level that we saw them last night. And I don't want to be too reactionary to last night either because things do happen. But I have to say, based on what we saw from the Green Bay Packers and looking at their remaining schedule, I'm keeping an eye on them. They have they have Kansas City next, and that's going to be tough. Ooh. But then they have the so Giants. Not, uh, they, so we, it's clear that's they're not loss. they're not winning that one, right? You never know. Bold prediction. So you, you, you think they could win that game against the Chiefs? I'm not going to pick them, but okay. it's not outside the realm of possibility. It's not off the board. Okay. But no, it is. Then they have. It is. Come on. The the Broncos beat them and should have beat them twice. Okay, fine. You've been, okay. you've been you've been right about your anti-Chiefs picks. I'm not but, anti. They just feel a little bit more vulnerable than you they pick have in almost years past. everyone against the Chiefs. That's not true. I'm just telling you. But I think you picked the Panthers against. Them I don't know if I've done that. Far. So Smalls, you feel good about saying they can win four of their next six? And I'm not saying look, the schedule is favorite. Like they got the Giants. Yep. That's on the road, but they got the Giants. They got the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at home on the road against Carolina. That's a dub, and then on the road against Minnesota. Tough game, and then finishing up with the Chicago Bears. You think they can win four of their remaining six and get to the playoffs? If Jordan Love plays like we saw him play versus Detroit on Thanksgiving, absolutely. Okay. If absolutely. they get, if they get to nine, they won three or four. So if they get to nine great. wins, that is that is unbelievable because that would equal the amount of wins. Oh, that would exceed. More. Yeah, that would exceed the amount yeah. of wins they had a year ago in Rodgers' final year. I'm not uh, putting it past When him. you say rooting for the show, that is what I'm that rooting for. That is rooting for the show. Because if we get at the end of the season <laughs> saying, hey, Jordan Love did better with the Packers than Rodgers Wouldn't did. Wouldn't that be the most jetsiest thing to happen? Of course. The guy, the guy yes. that you gave up all of these draft picks for. <laughs> and they finish under seven, which is what they had last year. Exactly. The Jets only win six okay. with Rodgers. So it's going to happen is what we're saying. It, 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 I mean, it, it could happen. Oh, it that would be amazing. Happen. That would be unbelievable if that happens. Now, uh, quickly, CC, because I know we got a break in a second here, but the Bears side of it. You saw some life from them, I know, last night. Yeah, defensively. I mean, how could you not? They were flying all over the place, whether it was Jaquan Brisker or Kyler Gordon or Montez Sweat, uh, Javon Dexter. Like, those guys were playing really good ball. And to me, it felt like 
what Matt Eberflus has been trying to build on that side of the ball. He just hadn't had his pieces. And that's why I thought last night's win, the first time that Matt Eberflus has beat an NFC North opponent, the first time he's beaten a team with a winning record this season, I thought that win did more for his job security with the Bears than it did for Justin Fields. Like there were throws that Justin Fields missed that he absolutely has to make, and Troy Aikman outlined it, especially in the first half of that game, the one with Darnell Mooney on a third down where Justin Fields ends up scrambling. Darnell Mooney was wide open, and the quarterback has got to be able to hit that guy in phase as opposed to making it a second reaction play. Even though he ends up targeting Mooney, it ends up being an incompletion. But those are plays that a quarterback in the second half of year three has to make, and Justin Fields isn't making them. That's why I don't think there's anything that we're going to see that's going to keep the Chicago Bears from taking a quarterback with the first overall pick in 2024, which is why Justin Fields' days in Chicago are numbered. But Matt Eberflus could potentially save his job depending on what happens in the final five games. Could potentially, which doesn't mean he will, but could put, put you in a position where you're, you're in a waiting. Like, I'll, I'll hear him out. Eberflus can save his job. Justin Fields can't. Fair enough. Today is Giving Tuesday, as I think CeCe just gave someone a pink slip in Justin Fields. But it is Giving Tuesday, a day when people across the country give back to support organizations that mean the most to them and their communities. And we are doing so here at ESPN Radio. V.org slash donate now and help support the critical work of the V Foundation for Cancer Research. In about 15 minutes or so, DeMario Davis of the Saints is going to join us. He has a story to tell that, um, of course, will be uh, inspiring around the V Foundation Day here and Giving Tuesday, v.org slash donate. Coming up, Carolina Panthers make a move yesterday. Are they in a, the worst position of any team in the NFL moving forward? We'll find out next on Sportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. Today is Giving Tuesday. It doesn't matter race, religion, it'll bring it to your knees. There's only one way to beat it, my friends. We got to raise dollars and give the oncologists a fighting chance. If you're able, go to v.org slash donate to help support the V Foundation for Cancer Research. When you donate to the V Foundation, 100% of what you give goes to the researchers working so hard to find a cure. We are on Sportsmanlike, presented by Progressive Insurance, here on Giving Tuesday, v.org slash donate. 100% 100% of your donations go to Cancer Research. You heard the voice there of the iconic, the amazing Dick Vitale. 
as he continues to be a champion for the V Foundation's pediatric cancer research efforts. The V Foundation has awarded over $84 million in pediatric cancer research grants in the past year, fiscal year of 22-23. Almost $17 million and 24 grants were awarded. And Dick Vitale, of course, has championed that cause, and we thank him for that. Again, we live in the make-believe world every day of sports and entertainment where we could laugh with each other, at each other, have fun, and are thankful for our health and thankful for all the amazing doctors that are, are doing the work in fighting off cancer every single day. Yesterday, again, no easy transition, so I'll preface it by saying that. Yesterday, we saw the Carolina Panthers fire their head coach in Frank Reich. And um, I was in on Greeny's show yesterday, 10 a.m. to noon Eastern time, which we will be in on today. You could see it on ESPN2 as well. And Hembo said, do you think the Carolina Panthers have the bleakest future of any team in the NFL? Mm. And I said, I don't think so. And he said, how can you say that? And I said, because maybe they have a quarterback. And I always go to that place of, can I spin a team's future around, do I think they may have a quarterback? So I'll pose you guys the same question that he posed me. Do they have the bleakest future of any team in the NFL? It's not easy. I don't think so. Because it's hard to believe in Bryce Young right no, now, right? You No, know, you know who I would say has the bleakest future? Don't do it. What? I'm going to do it. I'm not going to do it. I'm going to. I know, I know, I know you think I'm going to say the Patriots. <laughs> I'm not. Okay. But I am going to go with an AFC East team. Don't. I think it's the New York Jets. No. Go for it. I think it's the New York Jets. I, I, I'm I'm not subscribing to Aaron Rodgers coming back in 2024 in fixing everything. It's going to be his age 41 season. They're giving up a premium draft pick, a second rounder in 2024. Uh, I mean, they're in this gray space where they're not really sure what they want to be on the offensive end. They're not really sure whether or not they have a head coach. They're not really sure whether or not they can trust their general manager because he whiffed on the second overall pick on a quarterback in 2021 in Zach Wilson that put them in this situation in the first place. And then, of course, with the situation with Nathaniel Hackett, having to retain him because that's Aaron Rodgers' guy, having to keep around Alan Lazard because that's Aaron Rodgers' guy, having to keep around Randall Cobb, who's a nothing burger, because that's an Aaron Rodgers' guy. They've ceded control of the franchise to a quarterback that might not be able to get back on the field and be any semblance of what we saw when he won four MVPs in this league. So, yeah, I don't necessarily trust what I'm going to get from the New York Jets in 2024, and if you don't get it in 2024, you're not ever going to get it. So I guess my whole point is, by the time you figure out your quarterback position, your window with this cheap, controllable, premium talent in the NFL, with guys like Sauce Gardner and Brees Hall on rookie deals, that that time is is going to go by the – Garrett Wilson as well, that time is going to go by the wayside, and you're not going to have achieved anything of consequence. And by the time those guys graduate to when you're having to pay them, I'm not sure whether you've figured out the quarterback spot or the head coaching spot. That's why I think the Jets might have the bleakest future. Wow. I'm sorry to do this to you, Evan, but I don't know how the state of the New York Jets is worse than the state of the New England Patriots now and moving forward. You just named some of the big-time talents they have on the New York Jets. They do. Top to bottom, I think they're in a better position from a talent standpoint than the New England Patriots. You also have the hope that Aaron Rodgers will be back next season. And even though there's question marks surrounding his health and what he's going to be when he returns, you still know that he's an MVP. You still know he's a Super Bowl champion. You still know that this team responds to him. Can you say anything 
positive about what is to come for the New England Patriots other than they're going to get a new quarterback. You don't know who that new quarterback is going to be. It's a coin flip. They're not likely going to have the number one overall pick and get what we consider to be a as close to a slam dunk as you can get in Caleb Williams. We, everything changes. We don't know if that's going to play out, but you'd feel better if they had the number one overall pick. You're likely having to move on from a guy who's the greatest coach in the history of the NFL and start over. And we haven't seen Robert Kraft have to hire somebody or implement a new system in a long time. I just don't really know what I can look at with the New England Patriots that leads me to believe that they are going to be in a positive space for years to come moving forward. Yeah, I here's where I disagree. Future, when you define future, future could be literally one minute from now. It could be a month from now. It could be a year from now. I get that. But I think when we're having the conversation about future, we're talking about, let's call it three to five years, right? That's yeah. where my brain goes. Yeah. It's hard to imagine Aaron Rodgers there three years from now. He won't be. Okay. He won't be. When, so when I think about New England, they're going to end up with the top two or three pick in the draft this year. They have a means to an end. They have a way to get a quarterback. Right now they have number three. Arizona's at number two. And obviously the Bears are at one by virtue of Carolina's pick. But it's not hard to imagine that the Cardinals run into a win, is it? I mean, no. I, don't, I, don't, I don't think the Patriots are going to win another game. Conversely, I do think over the next five games, the Cardinals find a way to win one of them. And I'm circling that one against the Chicago Bears as the more likely of the five games. But they're, they could potentially win a game. I don't see the Patriots winning a game. So if you mean to tell me that the Patriots end up with Drake May, then absolutely I'm going to say that they have a bright future than the New York Jets. But just because you draft the quarterback doesn't mean you're going to be able to develop him or that he's going to be the player that you expected him to be i.e. Bryce Young. And I know, Evan, that you want to bring Bill Belichick back. CeCe and I are in the camp of we don't no. see that happening. No. And for the first time in a long time, they're going to have to implement a new coach, a new culture, a new identity, and it's not as easy as it sounds. So I just don't know if it's going to be, you know, uh, here's the next regime, here's the next quarterback, we're going to have success. Hand raise, can that culture be worse than the Jets and what we've seen from them <laughs> since forever? Could it, could, it, could it possibly be worse than what we've seen? Because the Jets, it don't matter who the GM is. It don't matter who the head coach is. It don't really matter who the quarterback is. <laughs> it's been bad. It's been bad. Small. How many failed quarterbacks? Mark Sanchez and Geno Smith and Sam Darnold and Zach Wilson. Who knows who's next? That's a huge question. And we know that you got a one-year sample size. You got one opportunity with Aaron Rodgers. One. It's hard to build a championship contender with a relatively new quarterback that's played all of, what, four snaps for the team and try to win a championship in that season, in the AFC, no less. I give you a ton of credit because I had this conversation, full transparency, before the show with Pat and Nuno, our producers, kind of running through topic ideas and, hey, let's have this conversation. Jets weren't on the board. They didn't, nobody took them. Wow. Nobody put the Jets on We the talked a lot about the NFC South because what you have are teams that are like, Fine, but where's their future quarterback? Like, mm. if you put a big-time quarterback on Atlanta, maybe they could be really good. But, that, but that's the point, though. That that's, doesn't exist. Well, yeah. well, it doesn't exist, but I guess that's my point, though. It, it's such a low bar to clear that if you do get the quarterback, if you do figure that part out before everybody else does, you're going to roll through that division. Right. That's why we thought coming into the season the New Orleans Saints would be in the playoffs. It's because they added Derek Carr, and we said Derek Carr is – in effect, the best quarterback in the division, all things being equal, give me the best quarterback. Now, 
Derek Carr is who you thought he was, which is not fine. a very he's good quarterback. He's a, he's a meh quarterback. Yeah. But if you are one of those NFC South teams and you end up trading for, say, a Kyler Murray or, say, a Justin Fields, all of a sudden you feel a lot better about your situation. If you sign Kirk Cousins in free agency, all of a sudden you feel a lot brighter about the three-year outlook of totally that team. Agree. And totally so that's agree. why I don't necessarily look at those situations as dire as I look at the New York Jets. I'll tell you something. What this exercise just accomplished, it was supposed to be a compare and contrast with the Carolina Panthers versus, in a roundabout way, what this just accomplished for me was pointing out how much of a lost season this is for the Buffalo Bills. Mm. You said the Jets don't have a future. You said the Patriots don't have a future. The Dolphins are in year two of Mike McDaniel, and this was supposed to be the year for the Buffalo Bills. Great point. They're 6-6 six and six going in the wrong direction. I have no idea. But how- it's not Josh Allen's fault. No, don't you dare! <laughs> don't you dare blame Josh Patrick Allen. Don't you do it. Nine straight games with an interception. No, it, Christine Lisi will give you a strong talking to. <laughs> I said nine straight games. It's eight. But the next, no, but the next one's going to be nine. Yeah. Right the next exactly. game is going to be nine. nine. Yeah, go. it's going to be nine. That's, there's my bold prediction of the day. Of course, it is uh, Giving Tuesday here on ESPN Radio and all across the world. V.org slash donate for the critical work being done by the V Foundation. If you can donate for cancer research, we would certainly appreciate that. Coming up, Saints linebacker Demario Davis has an amazing story to tell here on Giving Tuesday. You will hear it next on Sportsmanlike, presented by Progressive Insurance on ESPN Radio. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Today is Giving Tuesday. And today we're choosing to support the V Foundation. If you're able, we hope that you'll join us today and support the critical work of the V Foundation for Cancer Research in honor of our friend, Stuart Scott. Go to V.org slash Stuart to help the V Foundation achieve victory over cancer. That's V.org slash Stuart. We are on Sportsman Like here on ESPN Radio, ESPN2. We are presented by Progressive Insurance, along with Michelle Smallman, Chris Canty, Evan Cohen with you. Giving Tuesday, if you're able to join us, please do. It's supporting the V Foundation for Cancer Research. You can go to v.org slash donate now. We know, obviously, financially things are not easy for many people out there. So if you're able to give anything you can to v.org slash donate we would appreciate as part of giving tuesday and all of our espn radio shows today will be seen on espn2 so you can listen to us on all the great espn stations sirius xm channel 80 as well as watch us on espn2 this day is so special to so many people including our next guest he's one of the best linebackers around in the nfl he is a part of the new orleans saints his name is demario davis and he joins us now demario thank you so much for joining us on giving tuesday with raising money for the v foundation the first thing we wanted to ask you about was carly faith your daughter and her amazing heroic story can you tell everybody about carly faith and why she can be an inspiration to so many out there Oh man, um, 
Firstly, praise God. Thank you guys for having me on. Um, Carly Faith has had an amazing journey. She's one of our five kids. Uh, she's four years old now. Um, at ooh, nine months, uh, she was diagnosed with retinoblastoma, uh, which is a rare form of eye cancer. Um, she had an uh, amazing battle with that. Uh, she was strong throughout the whole process. Um, we realized that she was uh, blind in one eye and, and ultimately had to lose the eye. Uh, and now she has a prosthetic there. Um, but she um, has since um, been in remission. Um, that is that has completely been gone. Um, after that, a little bit after that, she had her first of what now has been three seizures. Um, and she was diagnosed with epilepsy. Um, not connected to the cancer at all. Uh, she's, again, she's a very strong child, uh, has battled amazing. Um, since the sharing of her last seizure, which I did at the beginning of the season, uh, she hasn't had any, any, any other issues. Um, she does have to take her medicine and we're hoping that she makes a full two years where she'll be able to get off her, her current form, form of medicine. Um, we understand that so many people, uh, have problems with their kids. And so we always try to use that in a way that we multiply the giving. Um, from whatever we're going through in our life. And so uh, you can look up uh, the the children's hospital um, at Vanderbilt um, called Juniors um, in uh, Nashville, where Carly Faith has uh, the Buckets of Faith Foundation, um, where you can give to help families who are currently struggling with what she struggled with, uh, with retinoblastoma. Um, we're also a fire war- um, We found ways to give uh, with her epilepsy and other kids who are struggling with that. And so we just try to live a life that we're, we're grateful for every step of the way, whatever we, we go through, whether it's good or bad, um, it's something to praise God for. And it's a way to multiply the giving and, and help other people who are in need. Tomorrow, one of the things that we talk about today with giving Tuesday and the work that this company does to support the V foundation is the proximity that all of us have to this terrible disease known as cancer. And I know you're, you're well too, uh, you're well too versed in that, but I wanted to ask you this question, knowing that a fight with cancer not only takes everything out of the person that's going through the fight, but it takes a lot out of the community and everyone supporting the person in the fight. I wanted to ask you, because this feels like such a full-time job to help be a part of the support system for somebody that is fighting cancer, how do you find the courage and the motivation to compete in the NFL while your daughter Carly Faith is going through her bout with cancer? And thanks for asking that. Um, I think it begins with, with my wife and I's uh, faith. We both were radically transformed. Um, we gave our life to Jesus while we were in college. Um, and we were really kind of raised up to be college, kind of college missionaries or college ministers. And so we, we came into the league with, with our faith out front. And so for us, it's faith first, uh, family second, and then everything else comes after that. Um, it's, it's going to be our relationship with each other. It's going to be a relationship with our kids. Um, it's going to be whatever God wants us to do in the community. And then our work comes into place after that. And so I think it's about keeping your priorities. Um, in line. And, and that's how we try to live. Uh, we walk by faith and we not by sight. We're trying to understand God. What is it that you're trying to do? What is it that you're trying to do in our own lives? You've already written out history. You've already, uh, written out our lives from, um, before now and through eternity. And it's, it's for us to get in line with what you're doing, but not only what you're doing in our lives, but what are you doing in the people's around us lives? And how do you want to use us 
And that's what we try to lean on. Um, you know, we're, we're, we're just like anybody else. Uh, we, we, we deal with the same issues that anybody else is dealing with. Um, you know, we, we, uh, you know, want to experience love just like anybody else. We experience adversity just like anybody else. But if we're leaning into our faith in God, it's going to help point us in a direction where we can stay hopeful. And we try to extend that hope to other people if they don't understand living from that same perspective. That's a powerful message, Demario. Thank you so much for sharing that. And in speaking with you and others today, part of our mission today is awareness of cancer and how we're combating it, but it's also to raise money, to provide resources for those who need it, and to ultimately find a cure. As someone who has gone down this path and experienced this journey with your daughter, can you explain why it's so important that people donate today? Yes. Um, when we were um, when our little girl was diagnosed with cancer, uh, the retinoblastoma, there was so little research um, for what uh, was going on. And that's really how they missed it. Um, we had saw a glare in her eye uh, very early. And, you know, we had, we had uh, took her to her pediatric doctor and, you know, they they didn't think it was anything major. Um, but if there had been more research, they probably could have caught it a lot sooner. Um, and maybe preventing her from losing the eye, you know, who knows? Um, but we were very fortunate to be in Nashville with one of the top doctors. We had just moved, uh, there and we were with one of the top doctors who was actually the second person in line with, you know, the top research on this specific eye cancer. And so what we've been able to do is pour into through Carly Faith's, uh, bucket of faith, buckets of faith foundation. Um, we've been able to pour into um, it helps so many families. Um, you got to think if someone is uh, in Mississippi, where we're from, or Alabama or Louisiana, you know, the next doctor that can help them with this specific form of cancer is in Houston or Nashville. And so they're going to have to fly in. They're going to have to stay multiple nights as the daughters or sons are being treated, um, as they're getting more information. And, you know, they're going to miss work. And so... Uh, this could change dynamically uh, their life. And uh, unfortunately, we were in a, in a different situation um, because of where we are and what we were located at the time. But everybody's not that fortunate. And so money for the research, money for the families, if they're traveling, to be able to pay, not to speak, you know, uh, how high those hospital uh, bills were going to be. Um, all of that plays a part in ways that people may not know. And I mean, there are, there are forms of cancer that are more rare than what our daughter experienced. And I think our daughter experienced something that only one in 300, you know, kids a year uh, experience. And, uh, but there are more rare forms of cancer. And so all the money that comes in, uh, hopefully is going towards research, going towards facilities, going towards those families who are going to need these dollars uh, when the unexpected happens. Talking with Demario Davis, obviously of the New Orleans Saints, just doing amazing things. Buckets of Faith Foundation with his daughter, Carly Faith, here on ESPN Radio. V.org uh, slash donate is the information on the V Foundation. We've been asking you five, ten minutes of meaningful, real-life questions. Let's ask you one before we say goodbye that is completely meaningless in the grand scheme of life, as you've pointed out, faith, family, and then everything else after that. You guys going to win the division? <laughs> oh, absolutely, man. I don't think anybody... I don't think anybody comes in uh, with the mindset of anything other than to win. Um, the reality of it is we haven't played our best football, uh, but 
the opportunity that's in front of us is everything is still in our control and uh, we got a chance to get it right. And so we're excited to get back to work um, and do what we got to do. Demario, thank you so much for the time and, and obviously the inspiration that you provided today and Carly Fate's inspiration as well. We do appreciate it. Hey, thank you guys. Y'all be blessed. There is Demario Davis, New Orleans Saints, one of the best linebackers around the NFL for a and, long and time. And one now. of the best people in the NFL, yes. too. No for question sure. about it. And the Buckets of Faith Foundation, obviously, today on Giving Tuesday. He provides all that information for us. Coming up, Smalls will make us smile. I'm for it. Some positive programming here on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. Have you ridden an electric e bike yet? You need to check out Electric e bikes today, the number one selling e bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus, electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome. So you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C ebikes.com. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do, big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash unsportsmanlike today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash unsportsmanlike. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. Unsportsmanlike here on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. Along with Michelle Smallman, Chris Canty, Evan Cohen with you on the Foundation Day, Giving Tuesday here on ESPN Radio. You could go to v.org slash Stuart as well for Stuart Scott. His two daughters, Taylor and Sydney Scott, are going to join us in about 15 minutes or so. And we are, of course, choosing to support the V Foundation and our teammate, Stuart Scott, every single day at this time, Michelle Smallman does things to make us smile, make us laugh, feel good stories, and she has, right now, I'm for it with some positive programming. You guys know that meme where it's it's the woman who looks upset and then she kind of raises her eyebrow? It's like her mood changes a little bit. That was the Lakers game last night. Oh. I'm sorry, CeCe. We're not going to talk about how the 44-point loss, 138-194, oh that God. the Lakers sustained to the Philadelphia 76ers was the largest of LeBron James' 21-year career 21. and tied for the fifth largest in Lakers history. I thought we said we weren't going to talk about I, it. 
that's not the focus of this. I just wanted to let you know that part has passed us. We're not going to talk. So we're not going to talk about the three quarter thirty point triple double that Embiid put up, and he was chilling in the fourth quarter. I guess I don't have to bring up the negative. Smalls already did that. (laughs) Right. I'm sure you'll harp on that. Don't worry, Evan. I'm still waiting for the positive. Well, I wanted to shout out one LeBron James, who last night in the loss became the league's all time leader in minutes played. Taking into account both the regular season and postseason games, he's now played 66,319 minutes in his career. He passes Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's total Yay, of 66,297. We did it. I mean, fine, minutes, but games is what you're looking for. I mean, I'm not going to congratulate him. Go beat we Robert, did it, go, go hey, Robert Parrish's 16-11. Hey, we did it. Parrish, Kareem, Vince Carter, Dirk, Come Stockton, on, Malone, KG. I mean, he's eighth in games. Whatever. Whatever. Minutes. I mean, he's wasted a lot of minutes in those games. That's what it comes down to. I don't think he's wasted any time on an <laughs> NBA court. Well, maybe some of those early Cavs teams were a waste of time. But, man, this Lakers team is so bad. I don't know how you tried to have that on positive programming, because Smalls, to bring up the Lakers getting blasted. He's at the top of yet another leaderboard in the NBA. I don't understand how so, people So, let like me get this right. My team is reliant on the guy that's played the most minutes in NBA history in his, <laughs> year, what, year 21? 21. They're relying on him <laughs> to be the best player every single night? Yeah. That's how you lose by 44 points on a, two, on a, on a Monday. That's how that happens. The games played leaders are fascinating. Go ahead. Give us the list. Okay. No, I'm going to give you it, – it's probably better to be given to me, but I'm going to let everybody um, chime in on this, including Nuno. Number nine all-time in games played in NBA history is a guy that played for the Hawks, Heat, Warriors, Rockets, Raptors, Nuggets, Rockets again, Spurs, Hawks again, and Mavericks. Okay. Seven feet tall, known for his fashion sense and his clothing line. Can you figure it out? No. Anybody? No. This ain't charades. Tell us what it is. Kevin Willis. <laughs> Kevin Ninth Willis. all-time in games played wow. in the NBA. Kevin, Kevin Willis is swole, too. Yeah, oh, yeah. Kevin Willis, whoa. Kevin, Kevin, for a 7 footer, Kevin Willis was pretty diesel. Like, you don't see tall guys yeah. that are like swole like that. Kevin yeah. Willis is that. He, he was, yeah. Wow. yeah, Kevin Willis Kevin was a problem. Willis, He'll make you think twice things. before you run up on him. Okay. okay. <laughs> All right, next one, Smalls. Well, All who right. else is on the list? Oh, sorry. You right? the other ones. Like, well, the yeah. other ones are not as. I just gave you the list. I said Parrish, Kareem, Vince Carter, Dirk, John Stockton, Malone, Garnett, LeBron, and. Kevin Willis. Okay. And then behind Kevin Willis, Jason Terry, 10th all-time in games played. Jet Terry. Would not have thought that. Yeah, Jet Terry. Tim Duncan, Jason Kidd, Reggie Miller, uh, may you rest in peace, Clifford Robinson out of UConn, Kobe, Paul Pierce, Gary Payton, Moses Malone, Jamal Crawford is 19, and you want to talk about another tough guy, Buck Williams, 20 overall. Buck Williams. Nets, Blazers, Knicks at the end. Blazers frame, yeah, Buck Williams. All right, what else? Well, shout out to LeBron. Yeah. Oh, that was about LeBron? I didn't know that. <laughs> Shout out to LeBron. I just love how he is still playing and how he has exceeded every expectation, basically, that we've had for him. Well, but CC is right in this regard. It is a dangerous game to rely this much on this guy this many years in and this many minutes in. But now, the Bucks did, it, Bucks did it with Brady, and it worked. But this is different. But didn't they expect Anthony Davis to be the guy by this point? He ain't that guy. I know, but it wasn't that the plan? Yeah, that's not. I don't think they went into it a saying. Plan, a plan that can't change is a bad plan, Smalls. <laughs> and I feel like that's where the Lakers find themselves. The New York Jets know if, that. If we, if we didn't realize that in the Western Conference Finals when we got swept by the Nuggets, 
I think they're realizing it now during the regular season. Now, speaking of the Nuggets, positive spin for positive programming. Okay, we got tradable assets, so we'll see what happens in February at the trade deadline. But this team, as constituted, ain't winning the championship. Yeah, this isn't the version of the Lakers that you're. Can I give a shout out to the champs while you just brought them up? The Nuggets last night beat the Clippers one thirteen one hundred four. Hey, we did it without Jokic and without Murray. Hey, we did it. Reggie Jackson with thirty five points, thirteen assists. Hey, we did it. Sorry, I can't cheer for them, but. Oh, Cronky. Forgot. Yeah, sorry. Rams, my, my mortal enemy owns the team. I can't yeah. do it then. Okay. I mean, it's the Clippers, right? It's the Clippers. Yeah. So Jim Harbaugh might think that Michigan-Ohio State, that rivalry, the best rivalry in all of sports, as far as I'm concerned, is manufactured. I could not disagree more. And shout out to Jen Latta, friend in life, friend of the program. You hear on ESPN Milwaukee and, of course, see her on College Game Day every Saturday telling us great stories throughout the college sports world. She sent this to me. Ohio State football put out a video of the clock restarting. That's right, the clock that counts down the seconds until the game. We get a little glimpse inside the football facility. It says the greatest rivalry. It has the Michigan helmet on one side. It has the Ohio State helmet on the other side. And wedged in between there is a clock that counts down the seconds until the game. They restarted the clock after the game. How can you not love that? Doesn't that just really encapsulate the meaning of this game? You know they lost, right? I understand that, but the clock to me is very emblematic of the importance of this game, which makes me smile. Why would you want to count down to your next bad moment? That seems like an odd thing. (laughs) So the clock is just the total amount of hours until the game? They count down the seconds. They click off the seconds until the game. That's like, okay, what's next? You're going to count down the seconds so you get a tooth pulled? I mean, this hasn't been good for Ohio State recently. This is maybe something you want to avoid. We have now we have now figured out a way of translate translating Harbaugh's day yesterday, which is keep Ryan Day. He wants to make Ohio State and everybody know this is not that big of a deal. Don't fire somebody over rivalry games. I want Ryan Day back. Here, here's the idea. Here's an idea that I have for Ohio State because it seems like the countdown clock is not working. How about we count the amount of hours that have passed since you last beat? Oh. Michigan, and let that serve as the motivation. Do we have a Not count down to the actual game. Let's count the amount of hours it's been since you last beat Michigan, and maybe that will serve as the motivation you're looking for for your team under Ryan Day to finally break through. Maybe that'll be it. That's Good a idea. depressing clock. That is a depressing clock. It's a lot of – I don't know if that current clock can hold the amount of hours it's been. <laughs> they need the flavor flavor. They got to get a bigger clock in We're there, We're going to need dog. a bigger clock. <laughs> We're going to need more digits, dog. <laughs> that's rough. Anything else, Smalls? No, that's oh it. God. That's okay. it for today. All right. It is Giving Tuesday, and, of course, we're supporting the V you Foundation. positive programming with, uh, with minutes played in the NBA, games played in the NBA. At least I got a Kevin Willis mentioning. Yeah. I don't know how that because <laughs> everybody because everybody was waiting for that. This Who's morning. not? Everybody was waiting for that one. I mean, around the water cooler. Hey, you hear that Kevin Willis is ninth all time in He's games top 10 played. Games played. What's well, a hot topic this morning? Yeah. Uh, coming up, we're going to get serious about stuff that actually matters, um, and we're going to talk more about the V Foundation and the late great Stuart Scott as well. It's Unsportsmanlike here on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. Thanks for listening to the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. You can listen to Unsportsmanlike live weekdays from 6 to 10 a.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. You can also watch on ESPN2 and on ESPNU. Unsportsmanlike with Evan Canty and Michelle. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, 
You're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.